Another episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt. That booty don't need explaining. Jivanisi. And joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. What's hey. up? How's business? Uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's good for the summer. We've been optimizing. So, Are you taking any time off in the summer? Uh, not in the summer. Um, but uh, November, December will be completely off. And usually sure. we take, for the most part, December off or it's just like a whatever month. No one's visiting. So sure. The, the website. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> you went You went to uh, Miami recently. Yeah. Was that totally off the grid? Meaning like you're not on a No, laptop? no. I was like about as on the grid as you could get. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I uh, I don't take voluntary vacations. You need to be unconscious to be flown somewhere. Yeah, that. So I am doing that in August. I'm going to be flying back home to do like a blowout type of situation. Um, I haven't notified anybody yet. I haven't really even booked a flight, but I'm definitely doing it. So uh, that'll be in August sometime. So and and I probably will. I I will probably work here and there because mm. I'm going to stay home for a little bit. But uh, yeah. Other than that, no. I You'll be didn't... doing like the, uh, like what presidents do. We have to go and visit all of your your people. Yeah, you get, all your yeah. Wave you get a, and stuff. Yeah, what do they call it? like a car? Uh, they I got a canvas. The uh, canvas the block. That's right. <laughs> so I um no I I I am going to do that and then I've been kind of I feel a little bit laxadaisal in my production schedule in general. Mm. Like, I feel like things are under control where I can kind of, like, not be 100% thinking about business all the time. That's but, awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's I have usually other... when the, I create another business and then <laughs> right. regret it when things are busy. Well, who knows? I might create a brewery. <laughs> so it might be another. No, but I mean, I've been doing a lot of beer stuff, just hanging out with friends. So, yeah, nothing to complain about. Um, That's good. So in this episode... We're talking about analyzing some of the big expenses in our businesses, but before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over the shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right. We're talking about 
some big business expenses we've made and how to figure out when it's worth spending the money. How do we know if large expenses in our business are worth it? So is I the, think is the is the main thesis. I feel like uh, the best approach that we've kind of landed on is by default they're not. Okay. Unless you could like super justify it. And yes. I feel like uh, putting like I'll tell Laura, I'll tell you, you guys will put it through the ringer. And if it if it survives, which it usually won't, mm-hmm. if it does, then then it's justified. Um, what have you what do you give me an example of one of those things which, recently? A, a justified or an unjustified? A big expense that you've made recently mm. and how and how much does it cost and what is it and how are you kind of slightly justifying it if not directly justifying it so we uh brought on an editor and this was in our work together kind of pulling me out of things but kind of the onus on this was pulling laura out of things she was really doing a lot of the editing um for the blog or for the website for the website and learning the things that michelle was doing for you and Mm -hmm. just also me wanting to give a lot of miscellaneous stuff so that is the single biggest thing that we've added. Um, and uh, it's going good. You know, and it's, it's good. like hard in the beginning. Yeah. You know, maybe it will not be hard worth for a it while. completely in the beginning, but if you could see, you know. Yeah. You got to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But and, what and is, but you're, but you're spending money for this and it's hard in our digital publishing, you know, business model to really see the ROI for every article or hour spent yes although i have been obsessively trying to measure that and we've even spent a lot of time on your site doing similar where like Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal and we're not there yet is like you know that you're going to earn roughly x you're basically like you're not going to create something unless you know it's going to pay off in some yeah i mean obviously you can't ever determine yeah how much I, I always compare what we do, and it's maybe not the best example, but to either like a magazine or like a news site. And it's like, you know, the, they're paying these people. A, like, I think of Vox specifically. They're paying a lot of money for these writers to write these articles to keep people coming back to the website. But I feel like, how the fuck are they making enough money to pay all these writers? Such a treadmill. Right for a lot of the stuff because it's just kind of a big audience and then gone. Yeah. You need to repeat and um, to get the hits. It's hard. And a man, you know, like when you look at their, even their YouTube channel, mm. um, which we both watch and I've kind of, I've unsubscribed actually. The box. <laughs> I was getting tired of it. Um, but they only had, I think like 2.5 million subscribers. Mm. And I have a rough idea on how much money is made from YouTubers with a large audience. And so I just extrapolate that and, and, you know, rough estimates. And I'm like, that's still, I mean, yes, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money to pay how many fucking video people they have running that, that one channel. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't really know where it comes from. I know they do a lot of brand deals and stuff, but they must, their ads aren't even that good at the end. They kind of, they're like throwaways. Yeah. Now they have a private, subscription model and stuff which again like all of these sound great for a single business owner you know like if i had that for some university i'd be making tons of money but would i be able to afford 
like 10 really good video people who are like, like, I don't know. No way. And the stress of having to make sure everything is lining up so that everyone can get paid. And yeah. And make sure the money is coming in. I, it just feels like a really big operation that I really don't understand. But my point being is that like, when you look at something, they like, there's no way they know, and maybe they do. And I'm just naive that an article about Donald Trump is going to bring in X amount of dollars in visitors, mm. right? They don't know that. So they mm. don't know. They can't say to the writer, Unless hey, like with display ads, it's just whatever an eyeball is. And they know they're going to get at least. Yeah. I don't know. And they got up and they pay top talent. Yeah. You know, so how do you think they're justifying that? I guess it's the, really the only way they bring in traffic is through top talent. Mm. Right, that's just part of their model, I guess. They're not really like an SEO play. They're they're no. news, and so yeah. they just, I guess, have to build. But maybe that's why the YouTube audience is there because they just need a massive audience size. Like, yeah, you know, case in point, there's this company that Lismaris doesn't necessarily compete with, but it's called The Balance. It used yeah. to be About.com. Yep. And uh, I was in a meeting, and they, and they were there, and. Uh, we were talk, they were talking about this article they have on how to write a check or like how to find a routing number, which mm -hmm. honestly, if you just put a picture up, like <laughs> right. that's pretty much it. Like you're yeah. done. Like, right. <laughs> I think everyone could really get it from that. But it was just they were talking about the amount of eyeballs and obviously the display bads, display ads yeah. all over that thing. And so I guess really, that's just it. Yeah. It's like they almost don't care. Yeah. So how are you, so you don't know necessarily if, and I, and neither do I, that one article is going to pay off or not. Mm. And then how do you measure that compared to what you're paying this person to do this work? So what do you do? Do you just, do you just chalk it up and say, well, my, and this is the way I look at it personally, is like, you chalk it up and say, well, my company is a digital publishing company and in order to be called that and make money. We need to publish. And, mm -hmm. and if I'm the only one publishing, well, then we're not going to grow. You know, so, so yes, I, I guess part of it, I feel like, um, we don't need more, right? We no. don't need more. Um, and Laura and I already take about 50, 60% of what we earn and we could take, you know, much, much more, but like, this is something that we've been doing and we found to work and we further refine the process to try and make success as you know often as possible. Yeah. Like I just feel like we'd be crazy not to invest further in what we know is working. Yeah. Yeah. But but you really can't tie an ROI to that exact number, mm. that exact expense, right? You not just know you have know. to do it. Right. Um and maybe never will. But you can No lasso will. No, just not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well even so like that is yeah, I think um, I, I, you know, I was gonna say what the other the other expense that you had, which is a really fascinating one to me, mm. more so than the editor, because I, that feels justifiable, uh. right? Is your office? Uh, you know, actually, I kind of forget it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> which maybe so, speaks to. Mm. So I want to kind of point. I want to do do a thought experiment because yeah. I'm currently thinking about this um 
how are you ju- are you justifying it or not? Yes. Yeah, I mean, so I know. I, yeah. Do you want me to lay it out? Please. Okay. So one, twins are coming, and so yes. this is my recording space, and it's very comfortable and easy, and I can literally just go on connect with you, and it works. Like we literally have the vast majority automated, but uh, there is a date where that will not be the case, and so. Um, in many things that we're kind of trying to figure out, uh, I have to move my recording location. Mm-hmm. And so that is really, honestly, the the main onus of that. Right. Um, out of, and, it was born out of necessity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, and I have not done enough of this because I, I kind of only do things when I have to, I mm-hmm. guess. But I really want to uh, grow to separate my work and my life. Because right now, that it is essentially the same thing. Yeah. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I do turn it off, but I would like to have like just clear distinction. So okay. it's more of a, a mental health, family health type thing. Got it. But you're not, cont- you're not tying that thing to any revenue. You're not tying the office no, space to any revenue. No. It's just a, that's the thing though. It's just a big old added expense to your business that, mm. you know, technically doesn't need to be there. Right. Right. I mean, I could get I, I, a bigger apartment or something. <laughs> yeah. Or you could say, uh, or, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the, the mental health thing is, it's such a, you can't really, it's hard to tie money to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, well, if I'm not sane and I'm not healthy in the mind, is my business going to suffer because of that? And yes, it's it definitely going to, mm-hmm. because you are the, the, the owner of the business. And if you're not right, your business probably won't be right. And so having that separation is 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 valuable. It's just hard to put a dollar amount on it, especially every month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not to say you shouldn't do it, but I, you know, um, I was presented with this idea recently um, from a mutual friend who you know very well, and his name is Thomas. I know it's two first names. Thomas so, the Frank Engine? Thomas the Frank Engine. So he... he, he um, was you know we we were we've been talking a lot about um renting a space up in the mountains for the for the winter. Mm-hmm. But we've done that last two years and it's been a big share with about 15 people and we want to be a little bit more intimate this year. And so he's been looking at um places we can rent. And in the mountains. In the mountains. So, like literally just for snowboarding purposes. Mm-hmm. But he sent me a, one that was like fucking really nice and big and dope. And I'm just like, holy shit. And $1,700 a person a month. Whoa. Right. So I'm just like, you okay. You can't even remotely. It's pure pleasure right there. Well, I, I was like, that seems, that's like, dude, I don't have that kind of disposable income. I'm mainly because I'm trying to save up for a house. And I'm like, and then he said, well, what if we turn it into like a video recording studio? And that sort of shifted me a bit where I was like, well, I know I can't write off the hundred percent of it, but I could at least write off 50% of it and I could pay for it through my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I sat there and I'm just like, so I'm as thinking of it, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I get to go have this place. It's pleasurable. It's great. And then it's also work as well. But I have that right here right now. Yeah, and I'm paying no. Extra I also money don't for believe it. you're gonna get work done if there are other people there. Like, right? Like deep hard work, like the video, yes. and yeah. So, but it's essentially similar, where it's like you're you're justifying a large purchase 
And it's like, is there a way not to do that? And I think in your case, like you have a very specific example that is, that makes a lot of sense. This doesn't make sense for me. And it's how do you measure that? How do you know if that's going to work, if it's, you're doing the right thing or not? For example, um, one of my examples is I just hired a video editor. Mm. and Rather quickly. Yeah. And it was because it was, it was like kind of the perfect, it was presented to me. And it was like, hey, there's a guy, he's a video editor. And I trust him and I've been working for him for a year. I'm like, well, fuck, if you trust them, then like, and I had been, I wasn't ready to, to hire one, but I was like, well, okay, well there, it, the, the opportunity presented itself. So it was sort of like, Hey, this, you know, I didn't have to go searching and I didn't have to try really hard to, to have it. And so I'm like, cool. Um, I had spent a month, about a month really cranking out videos for swim university and I've seen a significant increase in both revenue and um subscribers audience size all that stuff and sales on my on my site and so i'm like all right well okay so one clearly i can do it i can um i can film i can write the scripts i can edit i can upload i have all the skills to do all of that mm. but if it's entirely up to me to do if i am the if I am the person who is responsible for the entire workflow and something happens, like you're like, Hey, we need to work on lasso this week, or we have to, we have to change the sales page on lasso or anything. That's like, well, guess what's not getting done that week, mm. you know? And so this, the same problem happens with swim university, the website where if I am the editor in and in charge of publishing and something else comes up, even if it's something I have to fix or, or an opportunity or a meeting or whatever, that's just time away from the thing that we actually do as a company. And so the more I remove myself from being the bottleneck of what we do as a company, I feel like that's always justified. No? Mm. So uh, I would agree. Um, and I think it's kind of this thing where not so that you can do nothing, no, because I, I know that you really never will, and, and I never will because no, I'm just yeah. not my personality type. But mm -hmm. there are things that get pushed to the back burner because you have to do other things. And my schedule, personally, like I have all these things that I want to do. That and I literally in my Asana have a column. Does it have to be done by me? And I have to say yes or no. Oh, okay, cool. And so sometimes I do things that don't have to be done by me because I want it done faster. Sure, but the 90 plus percent have to be done by me, but I even can't finish them necessarily in a week. Cause it's like, I'm doing this thing and it's like, ah, I have to prep for episodes with Matt Thursdays in like two days, you know? Yeah. And so that would, all the things would succumb to that. But like right. writing is where we make the 75 to 80% of our income that has to have someone shepherding it. You yeah. Know? You talked about, you've said this in the past, and I feel like we've sort of detracted from this idea mm. of, I remember, and I don't know how to put this, but you were saying, I'm, I, you have no problem spending money on the business mm. as long as you, it, it, because you think long-term about it. Mm. Do you still think you feel that way? Do you think you've kind of like scaled that back a bit and, and, and have like gone, well, 
Yeah, I could, I could, you know, you're, you're, I think with, especially like with video or, or anything that you like want to get into, you're like, I'll just spend. Okay. Well, let me, let me give you an example with Swim University and, and I can also give one with Listen Money Matters. We, okay. we were talking before we went on, uh, like the air with our, with <laughs> sure. our podcast recording. And we were talking about Swim U and improvements and whatever. And I had floated the idea of like you selling products, you know, drop mm-hmm. shipping, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at information. Um, it was like 90 days of sales and like main swimming season. And mm-hmm. I, I forget the exact number, but you had sent like 1.5 million in sales to Amazon.com. Right. Right. Which is an enormous amount of money. Yeah. And uh, in, in like a 90 day period. Yeah. Um, and you're getting between four and I don't know, maybe 8% of, of whatever that number is, is what you're taking in a revenue. So mm-hmm. an insanely small amount mm-hmm. where if like, and let's just bullshit and say that you have a, you have chlorine tablet to sell for $30 and they probably cost maybe a dollar to make. Um, you could insanely increase your margin because you're only making 4%. You have razor thin margins on the things you sell and small improvements. Or if you actually flip it on its head and the cost becomes 4%, dramatically improve your business, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, I've always looked at Listen Money Matters as like a software business. I don't think that we can, and and we really try to write and create better than other people. And maybe Mm -hmm. in some ways we are. But uh, I think that where we we will win is our ability to always reduce our work, find efficiencies efficiencies through software and, and how Lasso was born, so that like uh, we can just kind of like scale. And so anything yeah. investing in that part of the business that I believe is where we will win makes sense to me in the long term. Okay, you know I don't have. Uh, the same e-commerce effect as you, but you know, we don't sell products per se. We sell like sure. services. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were saying that my analogy for that would be um, the is a real estate agent. Mm. A real estate agent sells million dollar homes and makes a very small fraction of a commission on the sale of that home, right? So if they sell a million dollar home, they make 1%. What do they make in $100,000? Probably right? make more than 1%, but yeah. Sure. So, well, I think it as it grow, well, gets bigger. they make this, more than 1%. Sure, right. So, and I, I don't know. It's not $100,000. It's $10,000. So, um, I, I just did. I'm doing math, and now I'm like, I'm like second guessing myself. And the point is, is that. That's not what a real estate my matters. I'm not going to right, right. That's what a, that's what a real estate agent does. Is right. They 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 sell other people's things. Mm-hmm. Now, your example for Swim University would be like, hey, I am the real estate agent in this case, right? I am selling other people's products and taking a very small percentage of a commission on the sale of those products. And you're like, well, if you could be the other side of it, and and you would take a much bigger percentages because you're literally creating the product or you're literally selling the product. So that would be like a real estate agent moving from a real estate agent to the person who builds houses. And it becomes an entirely different industry and maybe something that the real estate agent knows nothing about. Where instead, if the real if you are a real estate agent and you're very good at it, there's another way to make money because you no, know what your limit. I would say that uh, and, and I, I get what you're saying. But mm-hmm. um, the the function of a builder and a real estate agent is completely different. 
right? Yeah. Um, but uh, real estate agents work in like groups. You know, they work for I don't know any of the name of the real estate companies. Sure, right. But if they were to go out on their own, they wouldn't have to mm-hmm. give a cut to the higher up people. And so breaking out on your own, you would be doing the exact same work, but you'd right. be making taking more of the money yourself. And when we sell ads that listen, money matters. I keep more if I sell them myself. Right. And I think the idea is not to get into the business of creating chlorine tablets, although we did talk about you making robotic pool cleaners because sure. it's a fun conversation. Yes. <laughs> but if instead of just sending them to Amazon, you know, you were able to fulfill, and maybe chlorine tablets is a bad example because it's a commodity, but you're able to fulfill with no additional work on your end, mm-hmm. like you're cutting out a middleman and just making more. Sure. Well, I agree with that. If that's an option for me to, to if that's an option for me to do, great. But I'm still a real estate agent in that mm. scenario, right? Right. So, so I'm not switching positions. I'm not the real estate agent and the builder because, like, of course, you're fucking crushing, right? You're you're doing, a, yeah. That, but that's a that's a whole different ball game, right? Mm. I, but think about the real estate agent who is really good at their job, but is just one person and just needs to scale. Right. Because the more homes they can sell, the more money they can make. Right. So it's like it's choosing between I'll sell less homes as a real estate agent and the builder, but I'll get a bigger cut or I'll sell more homes with with scalability and, you know, just make more money. In the end, they both make more money, but one is feels a lot easier. And to me, it feels a lot easier to scale as a real estate agent than it does to be a real estate agent and the builder of the home as as well. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, in the, in this case, it would be, where should I inv- be investing my money? And my money should be in, in making more opportunities to sell more real estate and at the same time negotiating bigger cuts. Because if you are a kick-ass real estate agent who is selling a fuck ton of homes, you have all the right to go to whoever and ask for a bigger cut, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, yeah. I- I'm crushing and you want me because I'm guaranteed to sell your home. Like I want 4% instead of 3%. You know, that's just what my rate is. And when I think about what we do, it's just like, that is, that just feels right to me. And I, and, and I, and I agree with like the idea of you consider listen, money matters, a software company, whereas I consider some university or my company as a digital publishing company. Right. Because I really don't do software, although like software is certainly a part of what we do. We just don't create it and sell it. You've and always so, been more in the creation end than I have been. Yeah. More in the publishing side of things. And so my whole thing is it's worth spending money on things that allow us to do the one thing that we do, mm. which is our product is or publishing. remove the roadblocks that are keeping matt from doing the thing that earns matt the most money yeah or keeping the company from earning the most money right because right. if matt's the only person who's the bottleneck for this thing for this company to produce this product well then that sucks it's like if elon musk was the bottleneck to a tesla going out the factory door well that would be really stupid for him to be in that position yeah. right it would be and- really stupid for him to be like i'm the guy who puts on 
the last finishing touches on the car. But you I know what? Meeting, I got so no cars. Or- right. I got to go. I got to go do rockets for this week. So I, I can't. And the thing is, like, he is completely capable of, I don't know, cleaning all of the helmets in right. the factory at the end of the day. Like, he could right. definitely do it. But is that the thing that is, like, the best use of his time or whatever? How do you, though, um, I know so many business owners mm. who are, and I used to be this, too. It's like they're jack of all trades, and they figure if I don't do it, it won't get done or I can't trust anybody else to do it. And so let's just talk about expenses. Not cause I don't want to just talk about uh, human expenses or like mm. expenses in the idea of like hiring out for people. I think the concept it's, itself is like a rather easy, it's like the original scale, like warm bodies. Right. So how do you sit down and 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 justify a business expense. Mm. And and that's a really the big question. I recently looked at something I I I just bought TubeBuddy, which is a monthly subscription and it's like a Chrome plugin that goes in and it like kind of like guides you through the uploading process on YouTube. And you know, I, I paid 20 bucks a month for it. And I, um, um, I, I just, I, I could have done yearly, which usually we do like an annual thing because it's way cheaper. Mm. But I actually didn't want to do that because I wanted to play with it for a few months to see if this was really something I actually needed or not. And at this point, I'm kind of like, well, it's not saving me any more time, really. Mm-hmm. And if it was, I would say. All right, can I, can that, can that be, I guess you have to measure the, You're saying, di- like can the, you justify the expense? And yeah, like, I is think it the, the, the truth, and you know this as well as anybody, you could justify every expense yes. and every future expense that you don't have, and you could, all the things you need, want that will be futurally, future applicable. You could, you could justify more expenses than you have in. It is very easy to explain it away. And right. I think that you have to look at it from like the complete opposite end. And um, say you have $10 million, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can invest in a bunch of things. Say you have a small business. You could just buy a ton of ads. You can almost blindly buy ads and just mm-hmm. brute force it. But the mentality that got you to saving $10 million is also the mental the mentality that won't let you blow it until you prove its use. And th- the example is with Lasso. It's not that we don't have spare funds to put into advertising, but it's like we need to prove that that dollar will be at its best use to mm-hmm. then open the faucet. And so I think if you look at the expenses as it has to like – be an obvious yes or a hell no. Right. You know? Yeah. It has to, well, the the whole idea of like, it has to be a hell yes. Mm. And, and there are, there is such a thing as death by a thousand cuts where I'm certainly, I, every month we, I look at my expenses and go like, what can I cut? I don't care if it's a dollar a month, you know, if I'm not using it or it, or it is not serving the purpose of what my company does, which is 
pub digital publishing does it remove friction from the actual act of publishing if it doesn't then i honestly can't justify the expense because that's all we really need to do is is make sure that things get published and things are updated and people are visiting the website and then there's like obviously you know maintenance things that need to happen on top of that but to be honest i don't really know if tubebuddy is really making that any easier or if i could use something like asana which would have like yeah you know asana has a checklist mm-hmm. of things that you can do so like do that i mean it's more manual sure but it's not like it's not saving that much time and also is it saving me time or should i just hire somebody to upload to youtube and not fucking worry about it and then then i'm totally off the hook and yes it may cost me more but it's not it's not death by a thousand cuts it's not this little little tiny little software that does basically nothing there's there's no sadder story than the person who is earning what to to most people is an enormous amount of money i mean the average mm-hmm. person in the us is is taking home less than 4000 a month and so you know above that is is a lot of money so people who yeah. are taking enormous amounts of money and keeping none of it or small amounts of it yeah you know and because getting to that size is like so hard yeah and this is where the when i started when i read that profit first book that's what totally changed my mind it totally restructured the way that i thought about my business I always used to think that my business was it was it was like bigger than me, mm. right? But it is me. It is my business and it's mine. And his philosophy in that book, which I highly recommend for everybody, is to basically say, "Why the fuck do you own a business?" Like that's the question, why? Well, for me it's always been so because I don't want a boss. Mm. Okay, fine. That can that can be true. But really, why do you own a business? To make money. Yeah. And so what do you mean? But then, then the question is like, well, what do you mean by making money? Who's making money? Is your business making money or are you making money? Mm. Right? And it shifted it to, no, you as the individual need to be making money. The business can operate on 25% of its revenue. Right? So it's taking like, Hey, how lean can you get your business? Because the whole reason you started it as an owner is to pay yourself more, is to make more money than the average person, right? That's just Mm. what it's for. But if you're, but if, if you're not taking more than 50% of your income from your business, then you are, what, what, what are you, where's it going? Yeah. Does it, you know, especially if you have an online business like what we have which yeah. is honestly like all profits. Like we would need to pay for hosting. Um, you don't need to pay for email. I mean, like really, it's just kind of <laughs> just hosting. Kind of just hosting. The rest should be profit. Right. Uh, or, or like you really have to have a tight reason why. And it's really easy to get out of control on that. It's mm. so easy to overspend because you think you're growing the business. And I feel like, and this is where I think maybe even you shifted a bit from I think you and tell me if I'm wrong because I could be completely wrong, but you certainly spent money to grow the business and not everything worked out as as it would in the beginning. It yeah. was like at all costs, let's grow this thing, right? You know, 
but and do you at think, all costs was maybe a thousand or two a month. Sure, but but it was but that wasn't what the company was bringing in, right? right? So you were spending more money than you were making, mm. and that you don't feel that way anymore. I don't. Also, I had a whole career earning yeah. before this, yeah, and you know it gets to a point you're making a certain amount and you have to invest the remainder. And I guess I constantly rethink about it. And, um, the best money I believe spent or the best yield has been in the things that we've created. We still invest on our own outside into, you know, golden butterfly and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like the business is growing fast. Yeah. But are you, are you, but you're not, the business is not bringing in, say, a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're spending a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, on right, that. right, right. And but you could all you could argue that like the majority of that money is being paid to, towards you, and you are the major part of the business. Like mm. you are fifty percent of the business, and so like, but that's the thing. Like you should be paid that, mm. and expenses when you look at them a lot of them like are just really unnecessary. Yeah. They're, they're not just, building your business. They're building someone else's business. Exactly. And that I've learned that I learned that probably every month <laughs> or, so, or like I, I probably learned it more than I should. It's like, mm. you could do this without this, you know, you could do the same thing and you don't need to spend this. And I think like, I, I can give you a you're, ton of examples. You're a ninja at it now. I remember, uh, for pretty much every moment of the past whatever years we've been, I've been like working together, friends. Yeah. If we were ever to dive in, I'd be like, "What about this? What about this?" And we did this recently, and I actually had nothing to say. Your shit was yeah. like so tight. But I feel like I was the opposite. I feel like I went, I I did like this like mountain like peak where mm-hmm. I went. I started at the bottom, and I I wouldn't spend money on anything because I could do everything. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not spending any money. I can't. It needs to all go to me. And then as soon as I started making good money from it, all of a sudden my brain shifted and I'm like, well, I got to start investing and reinvesting Mm. in this business. And so I just spent money like water into the business. And then I came out on the other side, like still growing and making money and going like, oh my God, I'm spending way. I am not making any money from the business. Like I was paying myself peanuts, you know? And it's like, that feel that felt really kind of dumb, but it was, I thought I was doing good by spending a lot of money on the company and growing it. And I probably was right. But it just, at that moment, I could have like, if you look at it and say, all right, let's say I'm spending 50% of my revenue on growing the business. Can I spend 25% and still have the same amount of inertia? Mm. And I think you always, I think, yes, you can always split it in half and go like, all right, what are we spending on that is, that is really just not adding to our bottom line? Every month I go through, I mean, I see the expenses. And I'm like, uh, and I go through, I try and find something. I know that I can go into my expense report right now and find four things that I could delete hmm. easily. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. I was going to say, you should totally do it. What's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So I had this like budget spreadsheet that you saw and I track based on it's the profit weird. first setup. based on the profit first model. I track a lot of things, but it's funny because it's all this is all tracked in QuickBooks. It's just not as accessible and manipulatable as I want it to be. Because I well, want to be able QuickBooks to like this is also tricky because if you do yearly payments, 
it's you know you pay it in August, and then next August you're surprised with the yearly payment. You kind of like amortized it out. So if yeah. it was a hundred dollars a year, you divide it by twelve and like slotted it to each month. Yeah, which makes it really digestible. Right, and like I I remember we took you know last year I was paying six hundred dollars a month in hosting fees, and we dropped out down to one fifty mm. because we just added Cloudflare for twenty bucks, and we we're able to like literally save like $400 a month, which is nuts. Um, with email, I think that's a really email marketing is a, I'm really cooling down on it hard because Same. we just got the yearly. I think for, for this next 12 months, listen, my matters is paying. If we don't grow to the next tier, like 3,100 something. To, yeah. And that's with the yearly discount. And I saw that I was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, and and you know, it's really tough because it, you're you're really they get you because you're spending money on each subscriber, but not mm-hmm. every subscriber opens the email, so you're spending money on people who are not opening emails. And if you have pop ups, you're literally paying for shitty subscribers, right? And also, like, I definitely get traffic from subscribers. Mm. I just don't really need a lot of them. Yeah. And I've been very di- – the, the problem we ran into recently, which kind of really sucks, and I know we're reaching out to Nathan to fix this because it's really kind of unfortunate. Hmm. Um, but I'm, I prune my list like crazy. And, and after the summer, I'm going to be deleting a ton of emails. Of just people who've not opened our emails. We just like, I go through the cold subscribers and I delete. So I've had 1,500 subscribers on Money Lab forever, but they're probably all different people. It's probably just like always churning at around 1,500 people. Um, the problem is, is like when I first signed up for ConvertKit, I was at, I was spending $379 a month because of how many, I had like 50,000 subscribers for SwimU. I deleted 20,000 subscribers. As soon as I got on the platform, but they were still charging me three seventy nine. Mm. You have to email them to get them to downgrade you to the right for, subscriber. For your account. yearly thing, you're saying? No, we do it monthly. But oh. yeah. Oh, you have to email. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It's mm. That is. They'll refund you and stuff, but like the fact that you even have to—it's not automated. It should be automated. Talking so to if, you about it now, I feel like I want to email them, see if I can convert to monthly. Even though it's marginally more, because I think mm-hmm. if I'm seeing that every month, I'm yeah. just going to attack prune. It. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna prune. I I agree. I think that's a good move because one. But remember that pruning with ConvertKit right now, right now, and I'm sure they'll fix this. Hmm. Um, you know, they're not gonna lower you. You have to email them if you delete ten thousand people, and that does put you in a different pay bracket. You have to message them and say. Hey, I deleted 10,000 people. Please put me in my new bracket. Mm. It's not automatic, which really does suck. But I think they need to change that. Right now, I feel like that's my that's really my biggest expense. Besides, I pay more besides to personnel. Kit than I do to WP Engine. Yes, me too. I need WP Engine. Like I don't need ConvertKit. You what? You don't I mean, how much do you really know how much money you're making from your email list? No, no I, I don't need ConvertKit. I mean, I need WP Engine. Sure. Right. Right. My, how much am I making for my email list? Not probably. Uh, maybe. Maybe it's paying for itself. Now, do you think that that's just because? Like, look, I know that this is not for every. This is this particular expense. Like, people live and die by their email mm. list. 
why don't we? <laughs> why? Look, I I was hi- we were hiring two writers, mm-hmm. and to be able to email the list and get a ton of awesome responses, like honestly, paid for like the value was. I yeah. tried using ZipRecruiter because right. Listen to My Matters gets credits, and it's like it's like, I wasn't able to nothing no. like reaching out to my list. Right. That said, you know. I still kind of am having a tough time with it. I know. I am too. My my open rates have been, they hover at around like 20%, mm. 25%. And I'm like, uh, so there's 75% of my audience who is not fucking opening emails. And you can't I get just nostalgic can't. about these emails because just get more tomorrow. Right. And so I try to keep my list super low to keep that bill super low and to really you know, pump up these people to buy as much as I can, as much value as I can from them. Cause I don't even think it's, it's not even like there's money in the list. Sure. But you're still paying for people who are not open your emails. Like go delete them. Yeah. And I don't even give them a fucking chance. Like I used to send them through a reactivation campaign and all that stuff, but that's just delaying, you know, what you might recover 10% of those emails. And then, and then like, are they going to, you think they're not going to like fall back into their old ways again? Mm. Of course they are. This is what you do. All the people who weren't active, you should send them one last email with a coupon code for your product. And, and if they open it. it, but don't buy the product, still eject them. Because what, right. well, they're only in your list to buy your product. Right. And so I just, and I get that not all businesses are, I mean, some businesses, again, are an email. It's a list. vanity number, the the number yeah. of subscribers. Yeah. So and I've, yeah, it's just, that's my, that's an expense I really need to like cut. By a thousand dollars a year. You seriously motivated me to attack this, like today, <laughs> right? So, like, I, you know, we're paying for stock photos, which blows because the only reason we pay for it is because, um, we kind of like they're just sometimes we need them and they're not free on uns. Like, I wish we could get them from Unsplash, but they're very specific, mm. and it's just like ah, I just don't want to use it, but it's it's come in handy. You know, like I've used it to like get quick vector images sometimes if I need something for like, I don't know, any design stuff I'm doing. Still sucks. Still like a, it's not, we're not using it to its full advantage every month. And so it's like, is there an alternative? You just got to think like, is there an alternative to that? You know, same with Wistia. Wistia is a huge fucking expense and I'm, and it makes me sad that that's true, Mm. but all of my products are served through that. And so I've looked into unlisted YouTube, unlisted YouTube or which I know they're not like fond of. Um, I've also looked into perhaps shifting the, the payments over to something like teachable mm. where teachable, I could pl- pay a flat fee and literally remove. I would, I, if I, and I, this is something I have to look into. And this is something, again, I feel like we constantly have to do this. And it's and it may not even save that much money, but dude, a thousand dollars a year is that could be in your pocket and not in someone else's pocket. Yeah, and perhaps a better user experience for everybody, which I'm looking at with Wistia and switching to Teachable because one, I'm paying for easy digital downloads every year, which is five hundred dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, I have to pay for Wistia to host the videos, which is how, about how much a year? Oh. A couple thousand, a thousand or two, two thousand, mm-hmm. maybe just because I have so much people right, 2, like 500. Yeah. And so like, I don't know how much teachable is, but I think it's cheaper than that. I would imagine. 
Um, I think the starting plan is like $97 a, a month. So it looks like basic is $39 a month, uh, $33.25 paid annually, plus 5% transaction fee for paid course sales. All right, so they're taking 5% on top of that, which, I mean, yeah. But I'm you'd making... save 2500 and so, you know, let's, so let's say it was 39 a month times 12. That's... But is that unlimited? Like, how much, is there a limit to that, or is that just? Oh, this is like base, oh, wait, let me do compare plans, because Teachable, a year on the base plan, just the monthly, is 468 so that's like easy digital downloads. Yes, and, um, and it comes with Wistia. Oh, and like if you Wistia's, get the professional tier, there are, there's no fee for paid courses. Okay. And how much is, is that? I think it's like ninety seven. Not right? clear. Choose plan. Oh. oh, $99 a month. Okay. And probably cheaper over the year. Yeah. So if it was $99 for no fee times mm-hmm. 12, that's eleven eighty eight. So you'd pay, you've saved $1,400 a year. Yeah. And you'd simplify your website setup. And fourteen hundred dollars a year. <laughs> that's one hundred and sixteen in your pocket. Yeah, every month. So that's like shit like that. You got to look at every. Yeah. There's, oh, you know, is there a better way to do this? Is there a cheaper way to do this? Then they deal with all of the hosting and all that crap, right? And all the customer service of logging in and stuff. Mm. You know, yeah, which may save me even on the customer service side of things. But you know. I, I again, it's one of those things. It's a it's a big shift, you know. It's a big move because mm-hmm. I've already done a big move, and it's like, well, it's you know, how long do I have to keep up the other thing, or do I move everybody over? How do I switch? And I'm sure they have documentation on how to switch everybody over, and I'm sure there's like a way to, you know, make it seamless. But that they even have a concierge thing. Look, convert it uh, at a concierge. That's true. Yeah, there may be something there, so I could look into that and be like, wow, I just saved myself my whole business a thousand dollars a month super li- limited my expenses just all these little things mm-hmm. man it's death by a thousand cuts yeah yeah i guess the, the final thing i kind of want to just end on is like how do we make sure these expenses are paying off i mean every month or i think you should at least review the past month expenses and yep you need you need your matt or andrew or you know, significant other, someone who's like removed, not in the shit, so they could look he at challenges on your expense. He yeah. challenges you, preferably to, to someone it. who thinks you shouldn't be spending anything on anything, and right. so they're gonna really put you through the ringer because you need. I it. and I, you know, and I am definitely that person for others, mm. and I'm. It's harder for myself, but like I, I've now that I've taken the approach of distancing myself from my own business and looking at it you know, from a, a more holistic view, I'm like, do we really, do I really need to buddy every mm. month? Do I really need that? And you might say, well, it's only 20 bucks a month and I make way more than 20 bucks a month. So like, well, who cares? But I'm like, yeah, but if it's not, I mean, I would, ra- I mean, I would, I want to year of 20- that mentality will drown you. Yeah. You know, in all of the $20 things you pick up. Yeah. It's really a mentality issue, right? Mm. And there's another one here too. I'm looking at Red Giant. I, it's a it's like a thing for video editing. I'm paying thirty dollars a month. I don't need it anymore. Damn. But still fucking there. Gotta check it every month. Do I need GitHub? Uh you might not. I, I would say you probably don't if you don't I think can you have private repos without paying? I think so. I just don't know how many. Mm. 
should look into that. See? Should look into that. Yeah. Especially when I think when Microsoft bought them, they um gave a bunch of free private ones. I think it's like up to five, I think. Yeah. I need it. I don't want everyone to say all the repos. But you need a it. Ton. Right. But you but if I'm a part of your repo that's private, you don't need to my pay. account, then I don't need to pay. Right. Interesting. You could give me repos that you need to like have archived and shit. We just and, and look, that's seven dollars a month for me. It's like it's not really that big of an expense, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but it's an expense. I have to put it out of pocket. And if I don't have to put it out of pocket, why do why put it out of pocket? One less thing to clog up QuickBooks. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Why why deal with more line items when you don't have to? And it's not really adding to your bottom line. Mm. And that's and I think that's a real big thing for me is like, does the actual expense have a direct impact on your bottom line. That's a really fucked up one because it's like, I look at admin columns pro as an example. It's like a little plugin that I pay for. And the only reason I pay for it is because I like how organized my shit is on the back end of WordPress. No, I no, it's a one-time thing, but I just, you know, I mean, I break it out by 12 months. So I'm spending four 95 a month for it. $5 (laughs) a month thing. You know, it's like, that really makes you think. Yeah. It's like, oh, it really only costs 50 bucks for the whole year. And, you know, it's a plug-in, whatever. But I'm like, do I, does that really do anything? Mm. I'll does tell you, really Listen Money my- Matters does need Spotify family plan. It does. Well, that's personal, right? <laughs> it's business. No. <laughs> I can't work yeah, I without just, music. Yeah, there's just like things in here like, you know, Gmail. Yeah, I need to pay for Gmail. <laughs> Well, Gmail is where, like the lifesaver. And it's so cheap compared to, say, something like Intercom. It's going you up still a need Gmail. Month. Oh, is it really? Each, yeah. Ah, damn it. I hope they, they're grandfathering people around, I'm sure. No, no, I got an email. Uh, it's $6 oh, really? a seat now instead of 5 yeah. Ah, balls. That's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Anything else you want to say about it? Mm, I think we nailed it. All right, good. Well, I want to thank Alex for sending in my new middle name, That Booty Don't Need Explaining. Thank you very much, Alex. And of course, I want to thank Andrew, my Mandrew, for joining me on this episode of Money Lab. Thank yes! You. <laughs> you nailed it, dude. Uh, head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges. And you can email me, Matt, at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on the show. When you do, feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. Again, I will say anything. Just better be funny. That's it. <laughs> if you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast Player, FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs> 